my name is Sarail. I'm Yasmin, and this is the Sus Not Sus Pod. We're two unapologetic sisters dismantling mental health stigma, one conversation at a time. Hi, Yasmin. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm That's good. That's good. That's good. A little bit tired, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Same, honestly, same. <laughs> but we have been uh, well fed, so at least that's good. What did you just eat? Oh, some wontons, and they were great. Yeah. Mm. I had two lunches today. Oh, yeah. So you you were like a hobbit today, but just instead of second breakfast, you had second lunch. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I had butter chicken, mm. and then an hour later, I had some prawn biryani. Ooh. I know, I know. And I'm going to have more prawn biryani once we finish this, so mm. I'm keen. I'm going to have more food too. I only ate some of my yeah. dinner. Anyway, cool. <laughs> cool. Well, Sorrel, today uh, we have been uh, – we did, a, we did a feedback survey recently mm-hmm. and one of the things that was pointed out in the survey is that our listeners want to know how they can support other people who are struggling with their mental health. Yeah. And I figured that given that this month is Suicide Prevention Month and we recently um, acknowledged uh, Are You OK Day, which is a day of action in Australia, um, I thought it'd be a good idea to do that episode today. Oh, very nice. Yes. So what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about um, setting or or accepting and acknowledging your own limits for giving support, which I think is really important. Um, We're also going to talk about ways that you can, you know, respectfully communicate your concerns with the person that you're trying to uh, reach out to. Mm -hmm. Um, Also just little ways of offering reassurance to the person and ways to educate yourself about what they're going through. Yep. And then I thought it'd be really good to talk about, you know, accepting the situation at hand and what you can do if someone doesn't really want to speak to you about what's going on. Yeah. Cool. So shall we get stuck in, get right into it? Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So look, so I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation where someone said to you, look, I know you're going through a lot, but, you know, call me anytime, day or night, I'll be there. And then when you do need them, the support that you receive is not what you were anticipating. Yeah, they kind of like brush it off a little bit some sometimes. Sort of like, you know, yeah. with the, so, sort of those toxic positivity responses that we spoke about in our last episode. Exactly. Like everything will be fine. Don't worry. Like calm down. It's just yeah. like just let me feel what I need to, to feel. Yeah, and it's especially discouraging when, you know, someone has said to you, I'll be there for you no matter what, call me at any time, day or night, I'm here for you. And then when you do reach out to them, they're nowhere to be found or they don't want to really give you the attention that you need. Mm. Um, It's really discouraging. So I think in terms of when you're about to offer someone support or reach out to someone that you're aware is going through a lot, one thing first and foremost is to understand what your limits for support are. If, because I think what a lot of people misunderstand about supporting someone with mental health issues is that they feel that it's their responsibility once that they're offering support, once they open the door to say, Hey, you can talk to me, that it's then their responsibility to fix the problem at hand. Mm -hmm. 
um, which, you know, can lead to, you know, a detrimental sort of tone when it comes to the conversation. Yeah. Um, saying things like, you know, uh, oh, don't worry about it or you'll get over it, things like that, because they feel this great responsibility, this great weight that it's their job to fix everything. When in reality, you know, it's not your job to fix the issue. You know, you're not a professional psychiatrist, psychologist, and the person that you're speaking to, the person that's opening up to you is super aware of that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I've never opened up to someone about what's going on in my life without, like, you know, if I really did need them their help, I would say, I need your help. Like, I need this. Mm. But in terms of just opening up and talking to someone about what's going on with me, I've never anticipated the response to be, I'll fix it. Yeah. Whatever you've got going on, I'll fix it. What do you, like, is that the same with you? To me, I don't want them to. Like, yes. I just need someone to listen because a lot of the time, all I really need is sort of a sounding board. Yeah. Like a sounding board to someone to bounce off things from. I don't need someone, like, I have a mum. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't do that for me. So I don't need anyone else to do that. All I just need is, like, maybe have, like, some suggestions of what yeah. I can do. And then if I choose to follow that, then I choose to follow that. Or if not, then that's really up to me. Um, Mm. But sometimes I just need just a sounding board. Like this is how I'm feeling at the moment. And sometimes just that alone Mm. is cathartic enough to sort of help me go get through like those tough, those tough times Um, instead of, you know, someone kind of putting it onto them, like this is what you should do when, because then that just sort of overwhelms you. You get yes. like really overwhelmed when you're in that situation because you're already overwhelmed enough. And then when someone's like, well, have you tried this? And have you tried that? Have you tried this? And yeah. have you tried that? It's like, fuck, like I'm yeah. just, I'm just trying to process how I feel right now. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not in the stage of, of trying to fix it. I'm just trying, yeah. I'm just trying to process what is happening right now. And then exactly. eventually I'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, I've spoken about it. So what's the solution? I'm not at that point. I'm at that point, And that's why I'm talking to you. Yeah. You don't need to fix my issue for me. Exactly. There's this really powerful image. I've seen it multiple times on the internet. I don't really know if anyone else would have, um, but there's an image of um, one person who's struggling with their mental health, talking to another and on top of the person's head, the one that's struggling with mental health, it's like this tangled ball of yarn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as they're talking to the other person, it's untangling that yarn and the person that they're speaking to, it like forms a ball over their head. Like a, like a neat Like ball. a night ball. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'll try and find the image and um, put it up. I'm sure that it'll be all over the internet, but I think that's a really powerful image because essentially what's going on when you're talking to someone, like you said, you need a soundboard, you need to process what's going on in your head. You need to get it out of your head Mm. because when it's in your head, when it's just stuck there, it's going around in circles, right? Yeah. And you feel a bit trapped. You feel a bit overwhelmed. So when you speak to someone, you're not expecting them to fix the problem for you because, you know, when it comes to mental health, it's not just, it's not always like something simple fixable because if it were, it would be fixed. Right. Mm. And it would be easy. (laughs) And it would be easy. Um, It could be a lot of little things that are completely out of your control, like, you know, housing, politics, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, financial troubles, things like that. 
It could be, um, you know, actual disorders that you haven't worked through yet that are affecting the way your, your feelings are, your thoughts are processed and stuff like that. So when it's all in your brain, it's all tangled, right? Yeah. When you're talking to someone, you're trying to smooth out the tangles. You're trying to get it out of your head. And also you just sort of want that reassurance from the other person that what you're going through or the words coming out of your mouth that it's like, I understand why you feel the way that you feel because what you're going through, what you've told me is a lot. Yeah. Right. So in terms of that, I think when it comes to communicating with someone with mental health, we have to approach it the way that we would, you know, communicate with someone who had a physical injury. Right. Mm. So if you broke your leg, Soraya, yeah, and I, you know, I said to you, how are you? And you come back to me, you're like, I'm in so much pain. You know, th- these painkillers make me feel really foggy, but I don't, so I don't want to take them so much, but then I'm in heaps of pain. What am I going to say to you? I'll get over it. You'll be fine. Yeah. Everything like, will be okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like, you know, look, it's only a short period of time. Your leg will heal, but what can I do for you? Is there any way I can help you? And you know, if you had broken your leg, and I knew I wasn't able to support you in any way, I wouldn't say to you. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I wouldn't say, hey, I'll take you to the doctors if you need or I'll give you a ride here or there if I knew I wasn't going to be able to. Yeah. So that's why it's super important to set your boundaries because in terms of offering support, you don't want to say to someone, hey, I'll take you to the psychologist or, hey, you know, I'm here day or night, you call me whenever and I'll be there for you, I'll be at your doorstep when you know fully well that that's that's not something you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and another thing I wanted to add to that too is that if you are yeah. someone who is uh, supporting someone with mental health, please do not put their needs before your own. In terms of Absolutely. like with the whole setting boundaries, um, we discussed this about a couple of episodes ago about um, when I was discussing about the ignoring sort of your self care thing. Mm. And one of those things is if you do not have the energy, or you don't have the the mental health like headspace to actually take care of someone else. Do not yeah. put yourself or su- put yourself in a, that position where yeah. you suggest to someone, "Hey, I, if, you, if you ever need, if you can't handle their stuff, then don't Absolutely. say that you're going to be like you'll be there for them for anything." Because I've like heard stories in the past where people who suffer from severe mental health issues themselves, they feel like they have to care for a friend who's also going through that. Yeah. Whilst neglecting their own. While neglecting their own. And that just sets up a ticking time bomb. Like that is, that's going to end in disaster. And I've seen it in, in situations where like someone who suffers from severe mental illness is trying to put, their friend first because their friend is at that edge where they're at sort of like at that cusp of, you know, they might take their life or, you know, they're just sort of at that really severe end, but Mm. they're not too far behind them either. And so they put all this effort into like trying to help this person and they're giving all this energy, but they don't actually have the capacity to help them because they pretty much drain themselves, which in the end, they have a breakdown. Yeah. And then that other friend 
it makes that whole situation worse because then you pretty much have all this support, 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 and then it's quickly taken away because the other person can't deal with that anymore. Yeah, exactly. So like whether you're, you know, someone who's never struggled and is not struggling with your mental health or you're someone who is currently struggling with your mental health, it's so important that, you know, you don't, uh, you don't put yourself at a detriment Mm. and you don't put them at a detriment by offering support that you can't provide or offering so much support that you can't provide any for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'll talk a little bit later about ways that you can um, offer mental health support that, you know, if you feel like um, you're not in a position to offer so much, there are little things that you can do. Mm. Um, But I want to jump in on to how to approach a conversation with someone who's struggling with their mental health. Right. Um, Because in our feedback survey, one of our lovely listeners uh, let us know that, you know, sometimes they say the wrong thing or they say the wrong thing in the wrong way. And they really want to learn how to approach a conversation like this that's going to help someone feel supported. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the, the first, first and foremost, when you are ready to open up a conversation with the person that you're um, trying to offer support to, make sure it's in the correct setting. You know, don't try and get them to open up to you in the work kitchen. Um, maybe say to them, you know, hey, I wanted to chat to you about something. Do you mind if we move somewhere a bit more comfortable, a bit more private? Yeah. Um, you know, if they're in the middle of their, if they're working from home or they're doing something and they're in the middle of their work day or they're concentrating on something else, probably not the best time to start that conversation because they'll probably be worried about the activity they're in the middle of throughout yeah. the conversation. So, you know, you know, making sure that they are comfortable because at the end of the day, it's a really difficult task opening up to people you want to make them feel as comfortable, physically comfortable and emotionally safe as possible. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, But you also want to be honest and respectful. Like you don't want to say to them like, what's going on? Yeah. Or that's not not much of a conversation starter. Or the classic, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I love that one. I love that one. I had someone who used to open up like, like, open up half-assed conversations with me being like, Oh, someone I know noticed that you're not doing too great. I was like, cool. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, did you want to have that conversation? I don't understand what's happening. So just be like honest, just be like, you know, Hey, I've noticed you haven't really been yourself lately or, you know, I've noticed that you've been a bit down or, you know, just wanted to reach out to you, see how you're going. Um, do you, do you feel like you want to have a talk to me about what's going on? Super important to ask for permission first, I reckon. I don't know about you, Soraya, but like I've had conversations like this, like put on me with that very, you know, eloquent question of what's wrong with you. Mm. And it sort of just felt like an ambush. Yeah. I've had, I have had situations in the past where I've sort of like, for example, I, when I'm in sort of a, bad state I tend to Hmm. isolate myself and it's not because um I'm trying to push people away it's because I need to process it myself before I can talk to other people about it oh I'm so the same yeah and I've had situations in the past where I've done that and people know that I do this Hmm. and they've pushed it yeah like 
they, you know, I've, I've actually said to them, look, you know, I just need some time on my own. This is, I'm, I'm not dealing well uh, mentally. So I just need some space and I just need to have alone time. And then I get a message from them later on going, are you okay? Like what's going on? Tell me everything. And I'm just like, no, 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 you, you're not respecting my boundaries. I'm telling you right now, I need space. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to talk about it now. If you want to talk to me about other stuff, that's mm. absolutely fine. But I do not want to talk about my mental health when I've already said to you that I have yeah. no interest in doing that. And then I've yeah. had like situations where that's been turned against me. Like, oh my God, like she's cutting me out. Like, you know, why, yeah. why is she, why is she doing this? And I'm like, you know, I thought, you know, I thought we were good friends and I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm not talking to anyone about this. Yeah. It's not just you. Yeah. I'm not talking to my parents about this. I'm not talking about to my boyfriend about this. I literally mm. just need time to myself to process how I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like, you don't, the, the forcing of someone, you need to give someone the time to process how they are mentally. Don't. Yeah. If that's what they're asking for. Yeah. If, if someone's asking for something in terms of support, give it to them. Mm. If you can. Um, but if someone's asking for space, anyone can give you, like anyone is capable of giving someone space. If someone asks you for space, that's so easy. Yeah. You know, sorry, if you said to me, just up like Superman and jump off the roof, I'd be like, look, maybe not. <laughs> um, but if you said oh, to well, me, look, I, just need I some think space. you should do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I would love to see a smile on your face, but maybe I can just send you a meme. Um, oh, you're doing that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I've really worked myself out now. Um, but like, you know, like little things like that. And I think that's another thing as well I should have spoken about just beforehand in terms of, um, you know, your support limits. Don't make it about you. I yeah. mean, don't take something personally because if you say to someone, I'm worried about you, I'm worried about your mental health, you know, what can I do to help? And the person says, look, in reality what you can do to help me is probably give me some space. I just need a couple of days. I don't know how long, but I just need to be in my own head mm. so I can work some stuff out. Give them that space. Yeah. Just let them know that you're there. If they need you, if you're willing to be there waiting for them, but don't take it personally. Don't turn around like, Oh, they're, they're, they're freezing me out. Like you said. Yeah. They're freezing me out. They don't want to talk to me. How dare they? I give them all this support. It's like, yeah, but, you know, your idea of support might be different to what they actually need. Yeah. And my, my so, idea of support is like, and, and like the thing to me is, right, and I'm getting a bit heated about this, I have a fucking psychologist <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I talk to these things with. I yeah. don't bring these to my friends because I'm just like, one, I don't want to put stuff on them. I'll mm. with my friends. I only like put surface level shit on them. Yeah. Family members, yeah. surface level shit. The stuff that I'm really badly dealing with, I go to my psychologist for that because my psychologist yeah, just fucking sits there and listens. And I don't have yeah. like, and pretty much sort of pushes me in the direction that I need to go. Cause she knows what I need. Friends and family members are not psychologists. <laughs> Well, yeah, like we said beforehand, like, you know, you're not a professional, like we're not going to um, treat you as though you're a professional. So I guess yeah. that's another thing as well. Like if you are seeing a professional about your mental health and, you know, or sorry, if the person is seeing a professional for their mental health and you go to them, you want to help them out and they say to you, look, 
don't really want to talk about this. I kind of spend a lot of time talking about my mental health with my psychologist. Can we talk about something else? Then acknowledge that as, you know, okay, don't talk about it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, making sure that they're safe, making sure they're comfortable is also not pushing them to have a conversation that they're not ready to have. Mm, Exactly. But if they are ready to have this conversation, if they do feel safe and they feel comfortable with you, you know, make sure you listen. Like, and just like actually listen because the whole purpose of opening up to people, you know, when you've got mental health issues is this just desire and determination to be listened to and understood. Mm-hmm. Not to have your problem fixed, not to have advice like the, you know, what we talked about last week with unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, you know, they just want to be listened and understood. And the best way you can do that is, you know, maybe ask a couple of, you know, respectful questions along the way. Maybe say, can I ask you a question if you feel like you're unsure if you're allowed to ask a question or not? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's really touchy. If you feel like it's a really touchy conversation, you feel like you're going to say the wrong thing, ask for permission first. Can I ask you a question? Can you, I offer you an anecdote from what I've learned in the past myself? Um, things like that. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon, Sarah? Yeah, I just think just come, like, just sit there and listen. Don't put your two cents in. Don't go, have you thought about thinking about it this way? No, they're telling you how they feel and how they are in the moment. And like how we spoke about last week about toxic positivity, that sort of of conversation or that sort of question invalidates how the person's feeling. So just just sit there, just listen, just go, I'm really sorry that's happening to you. If you need Mm. anything or, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. Yeah. And if they turn around to you go, look, I really need some advice, that's when you give your advice. Yeah. And if I it think, doesn't work for them, then respect mm-hmm. that and that's it. Yeah. I think there was, there's, there's a person that I always go back to as like sort of a model with these sorts of conversations because when I would always open up to them, the response it would just be listening, mm. active listening. And at the end of the conversation, it wasn't like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Because they did really want to help and they understood what I was going through, it was, can I do anything to help you? Yeah. Is there anything I can do to help this situation, make this situation better for you? And if I ever turned around and said, no, not really, I just need to have a chat, it was okay. If it was, yeah, you can get me like a coffee or something, let's go for a coffee, let's go for a walk, it was like, okay, let's do that. Mm. You know, asking, like acknowledging what the person's going through and if like, you know, if you want to give advice or if you want to ask questions instead of saying, you know, you know, uh, why don't you try going to a psychologist? Why don't you try yoga? Why don't you try going for a walk? Maybe being like, Hey, would it be, would it make you feel a little bit better if we went for a walk or, you know, is there anyone else you've spoken to about this? Is there anything I can do Mm. with what you've told me that will help? Yeah. You know, and I think also at the end of like those conversations as well, because they are really heavy and it is really hard to open up to people. What I've learned for myself personally, where I felt really supported and just really felt like heartwarming at the end is when the person I'm speaking to has said to me, you know, thank you so much for sharing with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for opening up. That must have been really difficult. I'm so grateful that you opened up to me. Because it validates your feelings and your experience. Exactly. 
I've never exactly. had that, but you know, <laughs> I've had it. Don't say that to me. <laughs> it's happened to me recently, and it's something that I've learned to incorporate in my conversations where I can. Yeah. You know, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, I'm really grateful that we have a friendship where you could open up to me the way that you have. Mm. You know, and I think as well, you know, acknowledging how much strength it takes not just to, you know, experience what they're going through, how, how strong they must be to be going through all of that. Yeah. Um, but also how much strength um, it took in taking the step to open up to someone that they've probably never opened up to before or, you know, they've opened up to more than once and they probably feel a little bit like a burden if they've opened up more than once about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but sometimes I would always feel like a burden because I would go to the same person and talk about the same thing. And I would always feel like, you know, this person's going to get sick of me. They're just going to think, just get over it. And, and, but at the same time too, sometimes they do. And sometimes that's when you learn like that person's not really worth sharing that with like a, a true friend or someone that supports you will be like, I know I've heard this over and over again, but you know, I'm going to do whatever yeah. it needs to support her and that. Yeah. I think like going back to what I said beforehand, treating conversations around mental health, like treating conversations about a broken leg. Like if someone said to me, I broke my leg six months ago, I know I complain about it every single week, but it still hurts. I wouldn't say to them, get the fuck over it. I'd be like, clearly you're in pain. Clearly something's still wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do like that analogy of treating mental health like a physical injury because it makes people think. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So I think, you know, something else that I found really helpful, I don't know about you, um, but, you know, talking to sometimes people that don't know a lot about mental health is when they're honest to me at the end of a conversation, look, being like, you know, look, I, I hear what you're going through. I'm so sorry going through that. Personally, I don't really... I've never experienced something like this before. I don't have any perspectives or any information that would help you. But if you need anything, how about we sit down and we have a look together about what's going on, what we can find online in terms of, you know, ways that we can help you out. Has that ever happened with you? Uh, probably like with mum, but like, like I said, I don't really. True. She's a researcher. Yeah. I don't really (laughs) talk to many people about my mental health to be honest with yeah, you, like, and at the same time too, like, like I said, I talk to psychologists for that. <laughs> like, yeah, I try not yeah. to like put that on other people because I know like, you know, some of my stuff that I deal with is very triggering and is very heavy. So I don't like putting that on other people, but like, no, if- I mean, has someone, has someone approached you afterwards saying, you know, I don't no. know a lot about this, but I'm going to do some research about it. Honestly, no. The only person that's ever done yeah. that's mum, and that's it. Yeah, but mum's a researcher. She's good yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, you know, I found that in, like, in my research as well, when I was looking through how to support someone with mental health, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that came back with, you know, or, or, like, re- repeatedly was if you don't really know what they're going through and you don't want to push them or you don't want to prod them with your information, find it online. Do yeah. some research. If you're struggling to understand what someone's going through, you can't wrap your head around it. You don't really get it. And you know that asking them may be triggering. Just do some research online. Mm. 
I think I mean, as well, I think that's good for like, say, for example, people who, I don't know, have sort of more severe mental illnesses, illnesses like bipolar or schizophrenia or oh. stuff like that to sort of understand like what they, they go through just so you can actually empathize with them a bit, bit more as well. Like not just yeah. so much as a, like a helping thing, but also just to help you in a way to support them. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But like, I think you can do that. Like, I mean, I've got a friend of mine who just found out recently that she suffers from ADHD and she's a really close friend of mine. And so to understand more where she was coming from with certain things, I did my own research Yeah, to figure out what ADHD meant for someone like her. Mm. Um, but also like I've had people do research about anxiety because they knew I suffered from it. Yeah. Help me out to help, you know, recognize the signs that I was, you know, having a bit of an anxiety attack. Um, you know, and for myself personally, it's helped me support people and understand and empathize, like you said, Mm. but I've also noticed that with other people, when it came to me, when I was at my absolute lowest, they didn't want to push and probe me, um, them doing their research just so they could understand where I was coming from and notice triggers and you know responses it really helped me out yeah absolutely helped me out so um in terms of that um there are a few really really good resources that I found that I'll put on the Instagram as well um but a really great resource to start with if you're doing some research um whether it's for yourself for others is um the real depression project which is an online initiative. It's on Instagram. I think they also have a Facebook account. Um, it's created by an author named Danny Baker, who wrote a book called Depression is a Liar. And he has these phenomenal infographics about, uh, you know, what uh, bipolar looks like, what anxiety looks like, what social anxiety looks like. It goes through so many things and how to approach conversations with people like that, what to say, what not to say. Uh, how it might manifest in different ways. It's a really good resource if you want some bite-sized information. Mm -hmm. Um, You've also got Lifeline. The Lifeline Australia website offers a lot of info about, you know, what to do if you or a loved one needs support. Um, You've also got Headspace, um, not the Headspace app, the Australian Headspace website. Um, They do nightly webinars and chats. Very nice. Which I found really, really cool. Um, And they also just have a lot of really great info, like bite-sized info about, you know, mental health if you want to do some research so you can better support um, people. But, you know, in terms of that, like the research really does help a person feel supported, I guess, as well, because they know that you understand where they're coming from. They don't have to over-explain themselves. They don't have to feel, you know, I feel like, I don't know about you, Soraya, but I felt like the more I had to explain what was going on with me so that I could help other people receive me better, the more I felt like a burden and the more I felt broken. For me, it's just kind of like you just get frustrated. Yeah. But, and, and I think, like, I, I don't know. I, I think because I'm, I'm older in years than you and I've become a bit more wiser in things. But I oh, yeah, you're so old. I've just gotten to the fucking point where I'm just like, this is how I am. I don't, I shouldn't, unless I'm actually directly, if I'm actually affecting someone and hurting someone with my mental health or like how, like if I, if I treat them badly, then yes, I'm going to care. 
but I don't like, I just don't care. I don't know. I'm sick of explaining myself. I don't, I shouldn't have a fucking explain myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I've got into that point now where I'm just like, I am the way that I am. I'm eccentric. I suffer from depression and anxiety. It affects me yeah. in certain ways that, you know, is not everyone's cup of tea, but guess what? I don't fucking care. Yeah. The people that I have in my life accept me for who I am and I shouldn't have to explain myself. And it's the same with like my mental health. It's like, I'm having a shit day today. I don't have to fucking explain myself. And that's it. Like, yeah. I think I don't, I used to feel like that too, like the whole burden thing. But now hmm. I've just kind of got to the point now where I'm just like, this is just how, like, this is how I am. And I'm working towards changing those things. And some days I'm going to have bad days and some days I'm going to have good days, but I'm not going to explain to someone like. You're not going to go over the top explaining why you are the way you are. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's awesome. I think it's really great that you got to that point. I don't think there are, I I think you're not alone in that. God, that Mm. took a little bit of wording to get there. I think you're not alone in that, which is really good. But there's also a lot of people out there that do feel like they're a burden, that it's really hard to open up to people because they feel like what they're going through, you know, isn't as important as what someone else is going through or whatever. So, you know, if you're supporting someone with mental health, it's so important to reassure them that what they're feeling is valid. Mm -hmm. Their feelings are valid. Their experiences are valid, you know, saying things like, you know, it's okay that you're upset. It's okay that you're angry. It's okay that you're crying, especially in terms of like with men, Mm. because, you know, as we mentioned in our first episode, you know, there's this idea that men can't open up, men can't be vulnerable, men can't be, you know, emotional. Like, you know, the only emotion really that society allows to, you know, classic men's men is anger. Mm. Um, And, you know, Anger can be a good thing, you know. It's yeah. normal to be angry; it's natural. Yeah. Um, but not when it comes from a, you know, a bashing of suppressed emotions. To me, it's just kind of like do not invalidate someone's feelings and how they are, because yeah. you don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. really don't understand what someone's going through, mm. then you telling them just get over it it's not going to help you understand what they're going through and it's not going to help them get over it. <laughs> well, and also we the beautiful thing about humans is that we're all different. Yeah, we experience exactly. Experience things in a different way. There's certain things that trigger us or affect us differently from each other. So if you don't understand, like if you if someone told you a situation and you're just like, "Oh, is that it?" like yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of like, okay, that is, that, that's it for you. Like that wouldn't affect you, but maybe there's something else underlying that. Maybe it's because, for example, say for example, someone had someone like have a go at them. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's it. That's all you're up. Like you're upset about that someone had to go at you, but then you don't realize it's because the person was a male and yelling at them. And it triggered them back to their childhood of their dad severely yelling at them, right? Yeah. And it brings yeah. up something in them that an anxiety. It's just like it, we all, there's certain things that have happened to all of us that are different. We all have experienced different things. So there's going to be things yeah. that, that affect us differently. So even though mm. you can't extend, right? Yeah. But even then, Soraya, I'm sorry, but like even then, if someone was yelling at me, I'm still like that. That's still valid. I'm still allowed to be upset. 
whether it triggered something in me or not, you know, that's the thing, like, you know, reassuring to someone that their feelings are valid, their emotions are valid, their they're being upset at a certain situation or a certain event, reassuring to them that they're allowed to have those emotions. They're allowed to have those feelings, whether it triggered something, whether it didn't trigger something, whether it's, you know, one extra thing piled onto other extra things, it doesn't really matter. You know, like you said, we're humans, we're all different from each other. We're going to have different responses to things. I think, you know, if your response isn't hurting anyone, then those responses should be allowed. And, you know, Mm. when it comes to supporting someone who's really struggling, whether, you know, they're just having so many things piled on top of them, whether they're struggling with anxiety, depression, things like that, you know, making sure that they know that they're allowed to feel what they feel is so important because like we talked about in our previous episode with like toxic positivity, dismissing those feelings does not take them away no and it can actually make them feel worse exactly exactly yeah so you know do some reassurance make sure that they feel safe make sure that they feel like they're not alone make sure that they feel like what they're going through um you know doesn't define them as a person and also just making sure that they know that whether they're crying, whether they're angry, whether they're just having a few sad days in bed where they don't want to talk to anyone. Like you said beforehand, you isolate Mm. yourself when you're going through a lot. Yeah. But you're allowed to do that. Mm. That's how I process things. So, yeah. Um, So to finish up our episode for today, um, I thought we'd talk about, you know, little ways in which you can support someone, whether, you know, maybe they don't really feel like opening up to you and you still want to offer your support or you're aware of the facts, like, like we said at the start of the episode, that, you know, the support they may need is not within your supporting limits. Mm. Um, so I found this little list online. I thought it was very nice. Um, and I'll just go through it. There's, a little, there's five little things that you can do to help someone feel loved and supported, little gestures. Um, so one of them is, the first one is to bring them their favourite snack or their favourite drink. Um, you know, in our house, it's always like, you know, do you want a cup of tea? Today I ran around the house making mum like coffee tea because she was just having a really bad day. Mm. Um, and it's just like a little thing to make people feel like they're appreciated, that they're loved, just little things, you know? Yep. Um, the second one is to compliment the person and like, not necessarily like, oh, you look gorgeous or things like that, but things like, you know, you're such a good friend, you know, you've got such a bright personality you're so vibrant things like that Hmm. you can also compliment them on their looks if you want you do you you just compliment your friend (laughs) you know um you know uh a favorite one is like you know to send memes you know give them something to laugh about if they've been you know they're feeling a bit down but they don't want to talk about it send them memes um share a movie with them or some music with them you know hey i watched this movie i thought about you or, you know, now with ISO, what you can do is you can do like a Chromecast share thing. Or you can both watch the same movie at the same time. don't even know what that is, but I'll just pretend and nod. <laughs> just smile and nod. Just smile and nod. Just smile and yeah, nod. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the fourth thing is, you know, to send them a little gift. Um, you know, we've seen it a lot, I think, in isolation. People sending each other little gifts, sending flowers, sending wine. Uber Eats even did this little thing where you could send someone a dessert for free. That's cool. Uh, we don't have Uber Eats here, so... I do, and I don't even bloody so. see that. You do, but I don't. 
Yeah, no. I but... wanted to send me a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to send, to send me a dessert. <laughs> For free. Yeah. So I thought that was really sweet. And I think the last one really is really, really important. You know, just sending a message to your friend being like, you know, hey, I know you don't really want to talk about it right now or, you know, hey, I'm going through a lot, but I just wanted to let you know that I love you and I'm here for you and I can't wait to see you or, you know, let's make plans soon or stuff like that. Mm. You know, um, that's that list. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that there's some good points. Like I have a friend who sends me, like she knows that I'm the type, like she knows how I am. So she kind of knows that like I isolate myself. So if she can't get in contact with me for like a couple of weeks, she's like she's having a bad time at the moment and she'll just send me like, you know, a heart emoji. Yeah. Or, you know, just to be like to remind, because I think the thing is sometimes it can be scary with isolation. Um is the fact that sometimes people can isolate them too too much and it actually becomes a dangerous situation. So sometimes just having like, just letting the person know that you're still thinking of them. And it might not be a text, it could just be an emoji, a love heart emoji, just to be like, you know, you still cared for, you still love for. And when the person is ready, they'll come out and they will will seek you out. Um, But yeah, I do like the snack one. I do that for Julian (laughs) a lot. Yeah, he's having a bad day. I tend to go, okay, I'll, I'll like, I'll go get him, get yeah. him something to make him feel better. It's very mm. easy. It's just anything that contains sugar, and he's he's good. Oh. So, I don't have a partner, but I live with my parents, and they buy me snacks when they go to the supermarket, and I feel loved. So <laughs> that's nice. And then I'll go to the supermarket and buy snacks, but then I'll hide them because I don't want Dad to eat them all. <laughs> yes, because he does eat them all. Yeah, I've got a little, like, hiding place at the top corner of the pantry behind the door. And because he's a man-look person, he just doesn't, like, look properly. Um, Yeah, well, that was our episode about how to support someone. I know it was quite long, um, but with a lot of the feedback that we received, I thought it would be really good to cover a lot of bases and, you know, to help us support each other. Mm -hmm. Especially in a time like this, I think it's super important with isolation and stuff. And it's a little bit more difficult too because we are in isolation. It's like it's so much easier just to go drive to someone's house, give them a hug, and be like, "I hope you're okay," and then walk <laughs> instead of like yeah, going. Like, <laughs> yeah, just come to give you a cuddle. I'm on my way. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I um, my you know, especially like now, you can't really cuddle your friends. No, you just can't. No. Um, can't, unfortunately. So like, those are little things that you can do if you, you know, you you know, both, either both of you or neither of you, oh, English is hard. Words are hard. If you're not in a position where um, a conversation can happen, if you're in a position where you can't give your friend or your family member a little cuddle to make them feel loved, those are some little things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Well, that's it. Um, what self-care activity did you do, Soraya, this past week? Uh, I've been reading a lot lately. That's good. So um, I've gotten back into reading a lot again, which is great because mm-hmm. I've kind of it's making me think about a lot of things and how I want to create in the future, which is a good thing. But I've been reading so many good books, um, and it's kind of like putting the fire in me to go back to uni and get yeah. my degree and hopefully a PhD eventually in history. 
and stuff. So um, I've been reading stuff like The Rise and Fall of Adam and Eve, The Story That Created Us by Stephen Greenblatt, which is really, really amazing. Um, I've been, I've read a book called Mary Magdalene Revealed, which is about her um, gospel that got, cool. you know, that was made to be destroyed, but thank, thanks to some uh, first century monks who didn't believe in that <laughs> and believe that her her gospel was important, uh, hid it in the middle of a desert and it was found about 60 years ago. Bless and, those monks. Yeah, so because, you know, back in those days, women couldn't leave, weren't allowed to leave the church and they still aren't. So Women, uh, women. As her gospel was, says that Jesus said otherwise. So really, really, <laughs> really cool book. Um, and another one as well is called Satanic Feminism. That's the one that I'm reading at the moment. And it's fancy. Fucking great. It's so That's good. That's cool. How about That's you? cool. What have you been doing? Um, I've been really, um, my timetable has been really full lately. Mm-hmm. Um I've got this podcast, I've got work, I've got a food blog, I'm doing a little short course at the moment. So um, there hasn't really been a lot of space for like proper self-care activities. Um, What I have done though is really work on my sleeping pattern, sleeping routine. Um, I've been waking up, you know, relatively early and not starting work straight away because I used to just like roll over and log in because it's so easy to do when working from home. Um, but now you're like, I wake up early. I have a walk around I make sure I have a walk at least once a day in the backyard to just sort of appreciate nature. Mm-hmm. And it's made me feel so much better. Does it like help you ground as well? Like it helps me ground, but it also feel, helps me feel like I, I'm in control. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm in control. I'm waking up at the same time every single day. I know how much time I have in the day. Um, I know that going outside, going for a walk re-energizes me so even if it's just like a five minute stroll around the backyard um so it helps me feel more in control given the fact that my the rest of everything is a bit chaotic yeah everything's just up shit's creek at the moment everything's everywhere and i am having a great old time (laughs) (laughs) well that's us we really really hope that you enjoyed this episode we hope it was helpful um if you had anything that you wanted to add or anything you wanted to um you know discuss in terms of this podcast episode you can slide into our dms on our instagram um the account is soz not soz pod so it's s-o-z-n-o-t-s-o-z-p-o-d um you can also send us an email with that exact same s-o-z-n-o-t-s-o-z-p-o-d at gmail.com um you can also now find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, as well as Podbean. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, y'all. So, and also, like, make sure you follow our Instagram too, because without Instagram, we announce when our new episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Also, what the subject is about, because we did get some feedback that some people will only listen to specific topics, which is fair enough, because, you know, not all yeah. the topics for everyone. So if you want to know what topics that we're talking about, so you don't have to listen to every week, follow our Instagram. But also, too, something really exciting. We're <laughs> going to start releasing our own little infographics that you guys can yes. sort of share and show people and inform people about certain mental health things, because... You know, the most important thing for us with this podcast is to end the stigma. And I think the more people we get talking 
about mental illness and how to handle people or how to handle our own mental illness, um, mm -hmm. I think we'll start creating a pretty big change of like dismantling that shame that a lot of people have about having mental health. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then, you know, struggling with your mental health will be just as shameful as struggling with a broken leg. Yep, exactly. Not that shameful. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been working hard on, on uh, making our first infographic to be shared around. So if you do see that pop up, please share it. That would be awesome. Yes. Uh, yes, and yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. Lots and that's fun. us. Mm -hmm. That is us. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.